Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Thanks for being here. This is Kurt Mortensen and Maximize Your Influence as we take a dive into negotiation, persuasion, influence, and of course that pesky mindset, that self-persuasion, and also talk about how to get out of those speeding tickets. Is it possible? We're going to talk about it and see if next time you can get out of that speeding ticket. Just like persuasion, it's never 100%, but you can get a lot better. I mean, think about this. You go to the streets of, what, New York City? And hand out. Persuade people to take a $100 bill. You're giving back, you're helping out, you're boosting the economy. And I know you couldn't persuade 100% of the people in New York City or probably any city anywhere in the world to take that $100. Wait a minute, too good to be true. What's going on? Is it fake? What's really happening here? You know human nature. So we're going to dive into that. So hope you're having a great week. And of course, achieving all your goals. Hey, everything you want in life is on the other side of persuasion and influence. So I did big Zoom calls this week to a, a large, I'll just say large U.S. government entity. You'd know the name if I said it. And it's always fascinating to me when you get these big calls. It can be face-to-face in a seminar, these big Zoom calls. I have people from IT, customer service, people that are recently hired, seasoned leaders that have been there 20 years, public relations, people that are in training. Every department has realized they need to know how to persuade influence. How do you influence up? How do you become a better leader? And with everyone, how do you deal with a mean, difficult, different personality type person? Because that's who they are clashing with. So reach out to me at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. We use your email on the show. You get the free access to InfluenceUniversity.com, the gold level. Check it out. Or go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com for the archives. Get the new version of Maxim Influence. It's free. Pick up a little shipping and handling and take your persuasion IQ test and everything else you need from our advanced training programs from the Perfect Persuasive Presentation to the 111 Sales Hacks. All right, let's go with the persuasion blunder. Homer. Don't, don't, don't. So I was sitting down with somebody. They had their speakerphone on because they were with customer service. And it was a long wait time. Of course, there's a blunder right there. Just... <laughs> Make someone wait when they're upset, because most people in customer service aren't calling in to say thank you. Just saying. So it was on speakerphone. They were waiting. We were talking. 30 minutes plus wait time. All right, there's your first blunder. So no matter who they talk to, they're probably going to take it out on them. And they did. They were a little, kind of a little angry, a little abrupt, which, you know, it's not the customer service fault. It is the company's fault. But the person picking it up is probably not their fault. And there was a lot of background noise of... Chickens and roosters. All right, there's some credibility for you. Chickens and roosters in the background. It wasn't just a kind of way in the background. It was right there loud. And <laughs> and this person's like, where are you? Oh, I'm working from home, right? Trying to be evasive. You could tell they didn't want to say. Where? Well, I'm in a small city. It was in the Philippines, which is normal. You'll get a lot of people in the Philippines, maybe India, which, hey, you do save a lot of money, but is it worth the low credibility? Maybe some people have a thick accent. They're hard to understand. You've been there. You know what I'm talking about. 
saving money versus happy. Anyway, went down here from there, manager, manager, trying to solve things. So the blunder is, is it always good to save money? Uh, you have to decide. Waiting time does not help people's anger and tension. And sounding unprofessional sometimes with lots of roosters and chickens. I mean, you pick the one that will definitely be the blunder of the week. And you might be saying, well, that's them. Well, think about yourself. What is your background noise? How do you sound? How is the quality? Are you making people wait too long for the return phone call or the email? I mean, we could all do better. Something to think about as you maximize your influence. Which brings us to the Geeky Scholarly Article. Five tips when the conversation gets hot. I'm not talking about a dating thing here. I'm talking about anger, frustration, people getting really mad. What do we do? How do we get more emotional intelligence to overcome that tendency? When they're angry, you want to get angry. So this is from Psych Central, Dr. Bethany Juby, Catherine Manning, and the Association of Psychological Science. What do we do when someone's pushing our buttons? I mean, you've seen all the movies where the lawyer's pushing the buttons and some people are calm and controlling some people. Okay, I killed them. It's my fault. <laughs> some kids like to push other kids' buttons. We've seen kids that'll push their parents' buttons to get them angry upset because it's a source of control and kind of fun for a lot of people to be able to do that. So they go down and find out, all right, what's happening here? Now, before I get into the article, just know that when you feel anger, there is a physiological response in your body. Blood leaves the brain, fight or flight, it goes to your extremities. So think about that. There's not a lot of blood in your brain, so you're not thinking straight. Not only that, it triggers stress, more adrenaline. It's hard for us to be calm and poised, and it affects our complex thinking and rational decision-making. There's just no doubt about it. Because we've all said things that we regretted later. Social media, and that's the problem with social media. Even email and texting, someone zings you, you zing them right back. You're like, oh, I wonder if they really meant that. Or, ooh, probably shouldn't have said that. Because there's no recovery. It's not like you can erase a text. It's there forever. So, article talks about learning to manage your emotions throughout tough conversations can help you remain professional. No matter what you face, what you get into, and what happens, allows you to have those hard conversations, those courageous conversations, the healthy debate, however you want to define it, it's all part of your EQ. So it's hard a lot of time when someone's attacking you, picking on you, to stay under control. You will experience stress, and that adrenaline, and that increased heart rate, and some handle it better than others. So they also say in this article that parts of your brain get muted. You're not thinking straight. It's more about protecting yourself. Am I going to get hurt? Fight or flight? What's going on? Again, caveman brain. That's just what's happening. So those complex thinking and rational decision-making uh, either disappear or, as they say, get dialed down a bit. So these responses are designed to protect you from physical danger, right? Give you the energy, the focus to protect yourself, to survive. That's what's going on. Which is great if you're running away from a lion or a predator, but not so helpful with that conversation with your manager or a coworker. And it's just that natural tendency to reciprocate that anger or want to point fingers back. Because a lot of times anger is they feel wronged and you're in the room and they're probably going to blame you. And a lot of times anger can be a secondary emotion, meaning what you're angry about and really angry about are two different things. They're in a bad mood, had a fight with somebody or got a new ding in the car and something else happens. That's going to accelerate everything, a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions, and they might 
take out that little thing, take it out on you because they're still mad about the new ding in the car. But I just want to say it's so important here to maintain your cool. Because when people are out of control, it gives them a sense of embarrassment. And some people don't have embarrassment very well. And on a side note, that's an interesting thing that came up when I was researching Law's Charisma. The way people handled embarrassment <laughs> was interesting, was part of that. Because if you get upset, point fingers and yell, or versus just saying, yeah, I blew it, and handle that embarrassment. A lot of people just can't do that. We know that your ability to maintain emotional equilibrium affects your success at work. If you're quick to anger, people aren't going to ask for help. They're not going to tell you their problems. They're not going to open up to you. That's just reality. And if you don't handle this the right way, if you're not truly listening and they don't see that empathy when they're angry, they might feel defensive, angry, ashamed, misunderstood, frustrated, accuse you of not listening, not caring. That all happens because the emotions kick in and not a lot of blood in the brain. So remember, when they're angry, they're reactive impulsively, defensively. You need to back up and be a little more empathetic and positive. Not too positive. You don't want to be like that optimistic person we talked about a few weeks ago that you want to hit, but be empathetic. Positive meaning we can find a solution. We can get through this. We can do this. Not, oh, you shouldn't be angry. I mean, that's the worst thing you can do. You have to validate the emotions. One of the key things here is you have to manage your own response. The rule I teach in negotiation seminars is only one person angry at a time and it shouldn't be you. You have to stay in control because if you lose it, you can lose all credibility. I was talking to another college professor that, yeah, <laughs> student was heckling, going back and forth. Student threw a zinger. They threw a zinger back and forth. And student finally says, geez, don't have a cow. And the professor, in anger, with no blood in the brain, said, I don't have a cow. I'm a full professor. I'll always be smarter than you. <laughs> yeah, you never recover from that. Everything's recorded now. You've seen it before. So back to the article, their tips on staying in control. Remember, only one person angry at a time is to breathe. And again, you got to pick what works for you. Be a student, not a follower here. A few deep breaths, get a little more oxygen, a little blood back in the brain can always be helpful. The next one is to name the feeling. All right, what am I feeling? Where is it coming from? Identifying and acknowledging the emotion. That's a big piece of emotional intelligence. Put a name to it, tag it. You're feeling it, but it also gives a little time to think, to be a little analytical, get blood back in the brain and not let all the blood go to your extremities for the fight or flight. So that could be helpful. They recommend to engage your senses, meaning consciously engaging your sight, smell, touch, taste, or hearing brings you back to the present. You know, smell your armpits. Okay, I'm kidding on that one. I mean, I don't know. I guess you gotta be careful. If they're angry and you get something to start smelling, you gotta be careful here. But the concept's true. When you're faced with difficult heated conversations, just taking a second, absorbing, using other senses can unless it makes them more upset, be very helpful to you. And also adapt these to make them work for you. Back to the list. Practice active listening. They say be a reporter. Because there's a big difference when you're the lawyer, the opposing lawyer trying to get information, or you're the friend or your reporter. If you come across as an unbiased reporter, I get you're taking questions, you're listening, you're, you're saying, uh-huh, really, tell me more. Why do you say that? Lots of questions. That would be helpful. One recommendation in the duck category is take a break. I'm with that. Reschedule if you could. Take a break, take a walk, get some food, depending on the relationship and how intense the anger is. Let me add to that. It takes about 20 minutes for the body to reset after all those chemicals have been released into the body. 
something to think about. I'll add to that if they're frustrated, remember frustration comes from unmet expectations. That can quickly escalate to anger. So you have to be careful with that one. So let me add some others. Maybe a distraction. Maybe don't say, well, you're emotional. You're an angry elf. Say, you probably want to validate with, I can sense that you're passionate about this, so careful with that one. Maybe you want to get angry with them, find a common enemy. You have to be careful with that, obviously. Uh, inflation, the government, the competition, the blow off some steam together. Final one, not always the best tool, but works very, very well, is apology is cheap. They're looking for someone to blame, take it. I'm sorry, that was not my intent. Don't do it again, okay? <laughs> Just watch them. Whew, all right. That's a helpful one for you. So think about it. I was teaching a course on executive leadership. People that have been in leadership for over 20 years, somebody says, well, what if I do get angry? I'm like, you can't. You're the leader. You have to be in control. You know what happens when a president or a CEO or a politician get out of control? It's recorded. It's there forever. Everyone knows they have no emotional intelligence. You can't. I mean, sometimes it just happens, but try to stay in control. All right little long on that segment, but hey, let's go to listener email. Oh, boy. Joe from Illinois gets the free version of InfluenceUniversity.com. And like I mentioned earlier, I get this question all the time. I usually don't answer it on the podcast, but let's have some fun with it. Joe says he's a mid-level manager, just promoted, and he realized that he's in sales, even though he doesn't sell anything. <laughs> so true. He says, I got a ticket last week, and I wish I would have known how to get out of it. How do I influence to get out of a ticket? ha. <laughs> All right, let's talk about it. Let's go through it. And understand, we need to persuade someone it's too late to learn. You can't pull your phone up and look up and do a search on how to get out of ticket with the police officers walking to your door. So the key with everything is to adapt to them, their personality, the situation. I've gotten tickets and I've gotten out of a lot of tickets. This is not 100%, but here's some things that are tried and true with persuasion in general and getting out of a ticket. I mean, this could be based on their mood. Are they hungry at the time of day? What's happened that day? Hey, we all know that judges before lunch give stricter sentences. We know that juries are easier on people during the month of December. It's just kind of how it is. And you don't want to be the butt. The relative that I have, the lights went on, they sped up, went around a couple corners real fast, and then they both got out of the car like, you don't know who was driving. <laughs> okay. Think about it. Uh, it doesn't matter. So they said, I'll just take you both to jail. They're like, oh, okay. So the dumb things we do when we're stressed and blood leads a brain happens in this situation also. But here's the key. Get in their shoes. This is their job. <laughs> you probably deserve the ticket. Isn't that amazing? We get mad for something we deserve. Yeah, we, you probably were speeding. And I've said that before. Yep, I was speeding. <laughs> I deserve a ticket. And sometimes it gets, yeah, most of the time it does it because you admitted your guilt, but you have to put yourself in their shoes. They're scared of getting hit by a car. They're scared that you might have a gun. They're scared that fill in the blank. They don't know what's going on. Put yourself in their shoes. Because the way you behave when those light comes on, that tells them a lot. Are you speeding up? Are you slowing down? The key is to get off the road completely as much as you can off the road as much as possible. Shows them that you have their best interest in mind. They don't want to get hit. You shut the engine off. You roll down the window. Put on the dome light if it's night. Open the glove box. Show them you don't have anything in there. And you're supposed to put your hands on the steering wheel, 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock, to show them that you're no threat. Hey, it wouldn't hurt to throw in a few sirs and madams in there, too. 
Or I've heard, and I haven't verified this, having the local police association sticker on the back on a bumper sticker in your car that you have donated. (laughs) Just saying, I don't think that could hurt. So it's just basic persuasion. That's the biggest thing is realize, put yourself in their shoes. This is what they do. Their lives are at risk. They've heard all the stories. And of course, you never want to admit, yeah, I was speeding. Even though I've done it, I've done that when I've deserved it. I mean, really speeding. (laughs) But you don't want to say that just to admit your guilt. That's probably not a good thing. But basically, as police officers and others come out, they talk about being friendly, being nice, using good manners, whatever you could do to develop rapport. Stay calm. Even when their car behind you, they still watch you. Keep your hands on the wheel. Don't be fidgeting. Don't look nervous. Don't reach for something unless you have permission. Again, they're skittish. What are you reaching for? They don't know. But treat them like a human. Start crying uncontrollably. No, I don't know about that one. I mean, depends who you are. Maybe even your gender a little bit. Their gender. I, I don't think it would work for me. But a lot of people do swear by that one. A little emotion. Being a little human. I'd much rather have you cry than being mean and aggressive and using profanity and yelling at them for doing their job. Now, I know there's a time and place where you're feeling innocent. It wasn't your fault, but we're putting ourselves in their shoes. That is not what they're thinking. Whatever you can do not to look suspicious or say stupid stuff that they've heard too many times. Don't you have better things to do? There's burglaries out there. Murder rates are up. My taxes pay your salary. Do you know who I am? Okay. All things you probably do not want to say. And I'd probably stay away from the top excuses they hear. Come up with nothing or something a little more creative. This is from carinsurance.com. The top reasons for getting out of a ticket. Number one, I didn't know I was speeding, 26%. Medical emergencies, 25%. And by the way, I'll put these links at maximizeyourinfluence.com. Everyone else would go the same speed, 22%. Late for work, 21%. Have to go to the bathroom, 20%. Late for interview, 16%. I didn't see the sign, 14%. Late for appointment, 13%. <laughs> Here's one. I'm bringing home hot food and didn't want it to get cold. <laughs> and late for a funeral or date or concert, 10%. Interesting. Be a little more creative than that. One thing I've noted multiple times is officers do look at attitude and they do write it down, especially if you plan on taking it to court. So do be careful there. This is not a good time to argue. We've talked about this before in Persuasion and Influence. It's fun to win the argument, but you're still getting the ticket and probably even a bigger one. Remember, when you back someone in a corner and try to win the argument, which they probably don't feel that you've won. You might feel like you've won it. It's a downward spiral and is not going to help you out. Save it for the courtroom if that's what you're going to do. I will lead off with some of the other ones you hear about. Oh, when was the last time your gun was calibrated? Maybe that's important to understand. I wouldn't lead with that. If you know for sure you're getting a ticket, maybe you want to ask. But I would definitely not start with that when you're in that phase that they haven't decided if they're giving you a ticket or not. So just like persuasion, that $100 bill, it's not 100%. And think about it. If you could do some of these, be polite, get in their shoes, understand what's happening. If you were going 30 over and only write you up for 10 over, that's still a victory. If you rub them the wrong way, push them the wrong way, you're probably going to write you down for 30 over and a couple other things that are wrong with your car. Maybe your taillight's out. You're going to get it all. So think about it. Even getting a ticket for 10 over when you were going 30 over, that is still a victory. So that's our podcast for today. Thanks for being here. Tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. 
Remember, we can be found at iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, under Maximize Your Influence. And we're still running the special on the perfect persuasive presentation. You want the seminar? You want the training? You want the templates? So you're not just data dumping. You're getting other people to want to do what you want them to do. How do you get it? Go to presentationiq.com. Spend a few minutes. Take your IQ, your presentation IQ. Helps with my research. Helps peg your strengths and some things that you might need to work on. That will open my training, the webinar on the perfect persuasive presentation with everything you need to get started on that presentation and start crafting it out. So check that out at presentationiq.com. Improve your emotional intelligence by understanding anger. Get out of that next speeding ticket. And of course, as always, go out and persuade with power.